Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Seafood News Podcast. I'm Erner Berry and SeafoodNews.com editor Michael Ramsing. And we're back from a very long hiatus from recording a podcast. We've been busy at work uh, covering the seafood industry here in the United States. We, in January, attended the National Fisheries Institute's Global Seafood Market Conference in San Francisco. Uh, that was a, a great conference. It was excellent to see some of our friends and contacts in the industry. Uh, over 400 executives descended to the to the conference at the St. Francis Hotel in the Bay Area. It was, uh, again, another annual success. Ernerberry was happy to uh, see uh, Ernerberry, our market reporter, Nicole West, graduate from the Future Leaders Program. She became our, our sixth uh, staffer to come out of that very prestigious program, and it was it was really good to see her do that. So, congrats to Nicole. Uh, as as I said, you know we've been we've been gone for a while here, and and really it's 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 a it's just been the the run up since the the end of the San Francisco conference and the run up to Boston. As you all know, uh, this is uh, this is the crunch time for for the trade show season. And, you know we're busy getting projects together to show all of you guys at the Boston show. We'll be. We'll be there at our, our our old booth number three sixty four, and we're we're getting ready to, to host everyone there. And you know we're getting a new compliance guide ready uh, in partnership with Safe Quality Seafoods. Is Scott Zimmerman. We have a new tuna book that's coming down the pipeline. Really an updated version that's going to feature some additional information in a full Spanish translation. We do hope to have some new posters for you guys. It might not be in time for the Boston show, but it's certainly another project that's in the works. And of course, we've been working on our, our quarterly magazine, The Reporter, uh, for the Boston distribution. So we've been we've been hard at work, and you know we don't like to see projects like the podcast fall to the wayside. But sometimes that's just kind of how things go. So we're back here, and and there's been a ton of new news coming out of the coming out of the industry, from you know import uh, import data to FDA refusals to issues surrounding farm salmon to uh, snow crab prices to shrimp import uh, records. There's there's been a lot going on, so we're gonna try to touch on a few things. Some of those things I had mentioned, uh, and and basically we're just gonna try to. Hit some finer points here to get us started in our, in our run up to Boston. We'll, we'll, we're, once again, I know I tend to say this over and over again. We're going to try to keep this more consistent. Uh, it, it's 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 one of those things that it, it will get it will get traction. We're confident that that's going to happen, and you know, it's just a matter of that consistency. But we want this to be an open discussion with you guys. That program is just going to deliver you some solid news. We just hope that this program just continues to gain traction and, and deliver solid news to you guys out there in the industry. And, and we appreciate any feedback. Remember, you can email me at, at michaelramsing uh, at seafood.com or mramsing at earnerberry.com. So please reach out and, and let us know how we're doing and, and offer suggestions on how we can you know, make this program better. So what we want to do is we're just going to re- review some of the uh, stories that have kind of hit the wires in the last couple weeks. Uh, the first thing that we want to call attention to is Chile has once again uh, enacted uh, some some federal protocols to monitor algae. Uh, we broke the story here on on seafoodnews.com that there was a, an algae scare after 149,000 salmon smolt arrived dead to a grow-out center in Los Lagos. Uh, Los Lagos is a southern part of Chile that, that hosts a, a number of uh, salmon farms. This particular uh, uh, lot of salmon that had arrived dead were from Novo Austral. 
and they arrived from the Magellanus region, which is further south in Los Lagos, near the Arctic region. They were being shipped uh, nor- northern to through the Gulf of Peñas, and when they arrived, they that they were dead. Later tests showed that they had, had possessed a, a deadly strain of, of red tide or algae. Uh, and quickly, uh, federal officials, you know, started getting their protocols underway. Uh, it was identified that this algae was not detected in any farms, which is important to note. Uh, it was detected in the Gulf of Peñas. And for those who don't really have much of a, a geological knowledge of Chile, uh, the Gulf of Peñas is a, is a, a commonly used shipping route uh, for the producers to transport salmon uh, through the country, whether it be to a grow center or, you know, for export. And in this case, these juvenile fish were were, were in tanks uh, in an open boat kind of setting. And basically what happens is the boats will recirculate waters from the Gulf into their tanks to keep the fish alive. And uh, investigators believe that during this process, while they were being transported, uh, the salmon picked up the toxic algae strain, which then killed them. And by the time that they arrived, they were dead. And, and that's really what we know so far. So... What federal fishery officials have done is they first banned the use of any open boat transport in the Gulf. They're now conducting aerial surveys on the Gulf to see where this red tide strain is uh, and how it's growing, if it's growing, if it's fading, so on and so forth. Uh, there, there hasn't been any detection of, of new uh, strains uh, that have killed salmon since we broke this story uh, last week. So for now, uh, the protocols are going to be in play for 30 days. Uh, and it's something that we're just going to continue to monitor. Now, as you know, uh, this algae situation is not new to Chile, at least for those who've been following the news in the last year or so. In the first quarter of 2016, uh, a toxic algae, algae strain in the southern part of Chile, this would be near the Los Lagos region, uh, did wipe out about 20% of Chile's forecasted production for the year. And that was that really bore out eventually in the data that you can actually access on foreign, or in a various foreign trade data service. And what we see is that 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 the decline in Chilean salmon production resulted in lower imports to the U.S. But at the same time, Norway stepped in, or at least buyers went to Norway uh, in the U.S. here to plug that production gap. And we saw a, a good rise in the number of imported fresh salmon fillets from Norway. Again, this is all bore out in the data, and we reported uh, a story in seafoodnews.com and on Ernaberry's Comtel that had basically shown how the market share for new region salmon here in the U.S. market has grown or had grown at least in 2016. And then we got we picked up some additional data from the Norwegian Seafood Council uh, in January that confirmed more shipments of Norwegian salmon to the U.S. market, even though production there has declined. Now, in, Chile, in, in Norway, in Scotland, uh, they've been dealing with their own production problems, mostly related to sea lice. Uh, there also were some problems with weather that held up production. So we're seeing really tight production problems come from all the major suppliers, yet imports to the U.S. market continue to increase when you look at the data that's on foreign trade data. So what this shows us is that, one, there's a lot of demand in the U.S. market, and that's regardless of whether or not uh, prices continue to rise. I mean, we were looking at, at the start of the year, record high prices for salmon, and yet imports continue to flow. So we'll continue to monitor how, how this plays out as we you know, move into the, 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 the spring season. We'll see We'll obviously hear more about what the status is of this market at the Boston show. Uh, so overall, you know, just it's very important to monitor what's going on in salmon, and we'll we'll see how that plays out 
uh, going forward in the year. Our, our next story that we want to talk about uh, is is on snow crab. And for those who've been closely following uh, Erneberry's uh, services on Comtel, you'll know that, that snow crab prices are very high. This was also discussed during the NFI's conference in January in San Francisco that, that the snow crab prices right now are, are, are around $8 a pound, uh, depending on you know which commodity, which spec you're looking at, and this is all Canadian product. We're not Erneberry currently isn't quoting Alaskan product, you know. But what we're seeing is snow crab prices at a level that's never really been recorded before in in our history of data. And what we see happening is that this is really a result of Alaska. Alaska production cutbacks in the Bering Sea have really pulled you know pulled on inventories here. Again, remember. The quota was cut 50%. It's the lowest harvest we've seen in the Bering Sea in 45 years. This data, you can visit, you can clearly see what we've reported on seafoodnews.com. And what we wrote this past week was how the Alaskans are forcing these snow crab prices higher. And particularly look at Japan, their prices are now through the roof. Uh, they smashed records. They're 50% above uh, the market from last year. And traders think that this price is going to be offered at the Boston show. The one glimmer of relief that we see could be in Canada. Uh, it, it could possibly be a, a good season in the Gulf of St. Lawrence. We'll see how Newfoundland trends, but there have been some initial stock surveys that suggest that the, the biomass might be better than what was originally imagined, and that could offer some, some inventory relief for snow crab as we move into the spring season. So that'll also be a huge topic of discussion in Boston. But for now, it, prices for snow crab are exceptionally high, which actually makes, by the way, uh, just a little caveat here, McDonald's in San Francisco, uh, four stores there decided they were gonna try to test the snow crab sandwich, which is a very interesting choice given you know the high price of snow crab right now in the market. Uh, McDonald's said that if those four stores test that product well, that they would plan on rolling that out to 250 additional stores. So another little interesting uh, wrinkle there to, to monitor as we as we look at this market going forward. Our our last story uh, will will go to shrimp. Uh, we have to talk about shrimp. It's it's a very important item in this country. It's a very important item for this market. Uh, but before we do that, we just wanted to make a quick mention. Uh, this program is brought to you by Ernerberry's Comtel uh, and Ernerberry's Foreign Trade Data Service. Those are our two key seafood news. Uh, seafood data services available to our customers. Uh, they help our customers make better business decisions every day. Comtel is the largest historical database of seafood price quotations available to the market, uh, and it is uh, our flagship product that uh, our customers use every day to uh, continue to make the best decisions that they can in their seafood trades. We also want to mention the comeback of the Erneberry Seafood Import Workshop Series. We're putting that on on February 28th here at our offices in Tom's River, New Jersey on February, uh, it's a Tuesday. Uh, we have an expert panel lined up. This workshop is going to discuss all compliance-related issues that the FDA, Customs, uh, the National Fisheries and Marine Service, that's the federal fishery officials that monitor the, you know, the seafood industry here. You know, we have, we're going to bring in a class full of uh, attendees that will have a one-day training session that will educate them on how they can keep their businesses compliant, whether or not your HACCP plan is up to date, whether or not you, you know, you're crossing your uh, T's, dotting your I's, and, and preventing your, your business from getting any seafood imports automatically detained by the FDA or refused. You know, those things can, can really add up if, if it were to happen to your business. We'll teach you how to correct those actions if, if you have to. Uh, we're really excited to bring back this series, and it's also going to coincide with the release of our compliance guide for selling seafood in the United States uh, to awesome products that we can't wait to 
roll out for the industry and bring to, to you guys to, to further your education in this industry. So before we let you go, uh, we just wanted to talk about shrimp. Uh, specifically, we want to talk about shrimp imports. Uh, the final uh, year data that we received from the FDA that's now available on Comtel and Ernerberry's Foreign Trade Data Service confirmed what we had been reporting leading up to the release of this data was U.S. imports hit a record. We hit 1.33 billion pounds of imported shrimp in 2016. It was 3% higher from 2015 levels, and that establishes a, a, a new annual record volume for shrimp into the U.S. market. We want you guys to go and check out this data on foreign trade data, but what we want to emphasize here is that India cannot be overlooked. They were by far the top supplier to the U.S. market. What we can tell you is that Indian shrimp exports to the U.S. market were up 40 million pounds for the year, a 13.5% increase. Uh, and most of those shipments did occur in the second half of the year, which coincides with India's traditional harvesting period. So really, it's just exceptional production out of India that's fueled the U.S. market with shrimp. Now, there are some other notable hikes here. Uh, Thailand has really come on strong uh, in 2016. Uh, they've really gotten, they really cleaned up their industry since disease issues a couple of years ago. Uh, and they eclipsed uh, Ecuador uh, as the third highest supplier to the U.S. market. Uh, their shipments are up 10%. They're behind Indonesia as the second uh, supplier to the U.S. market. So that's really good to see Thailand uh, kind of recover there and, and from there. Uh, we also want to make a mention of Argentinian red shrimp imports. Those are up over 50% for the year. Uh, those who pick up uh, uh, the Boston issue as a reporter uh, will notice a, a red shrimp story. Uh, that is a, a, an item that is really coming on to itself here in the U.S. market. Uh, there's, it's gaining traction, and uh, it's, it's something worth worth looking at uh, when it comes to you know alternative shrimp uh, products in, in the U.S. market. Just some declines that did happen uh, for the year. Ecuador continued to lose market share here. We continued to lose market share for Ecuadorian ship is really how it should be said. Uh, as you all know, Chinese competition uh, for Ecuadorian product is fierce, and U.S. buyers continue to lose traction to the Chinese when it comes to Ecuador. Those shipments were down just close to 15% for the year. And we also uh, saw a decline in Mexican imports to the U.S. market. This was expected as well. Uh, we saw higher domestic consumption in Mexico for their own shrimp. And there also were disease issues in Mexico that uh, hurt production uh, during their harvesting time. So that was a bit expected and, and something that uh, we're not sure how is going to play out as we head into you know the second quarter of 2017. And I'm sure we'll get more information there from the Boston show as well. So that should do it for today's program. Uh, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate your listenership and we appreciate you guys checking out our services. Again, Ernaberry's Comtel, Ernaberry's Foreign Trade Data, and the seafoodnews.com website. All can be accessed uh, you know, through those websites. You can also sign up if you don't have a subscription at shop.ernaberry.com. You can give us a call at 732-240-5330 to uh, you know, inquire about our services and subscription rates and you know, what we're all about. Uh, we encourage you to check it out. We, we, so they're very useful tools to you know be a successful trader in this business. So uh, we'll try to be back here next week with another program. Uh, in the meantime, I'm Erner Berry and SeafoodNews.com editor Michael Ramsing. Uh, have a great day, guys. Thanks.